On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's the February 2016 edition of Pass the Corn with Eris Schoenweiss and myself. I think I'm going to start calling myself the Ultimate Steve. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. everyone and welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on your safe place to geek out on the internet. We bring it positive, we bring it fun, and we bring it honestly here at Geek Out Loud. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be doing this. It, I, it feels like it's been a bit since I've done Geek Out Loud. And as I think about it, it really has been a couple of weeks since the uh, since the marathon, since the Goldiverse Cure Childhood Cancer Marathon, where we met and exceeded our goal of $3,000, and what a good time it was. And someone who was a part of that whole day, and a huge part of that day, is uh, this man, my brother from another mother. Ladies and gentlemen, from the cold, frozen north of the East Coast, welcome to Geek Out Loud, the Pass the Corn founder himself, Eris Schoenweiss. What's up, man? What's up, Ultimate Steve? How's it? <laughs> hey, if you're Ultimate Steve, I want to be Uber Erish. Uber Erish. You are Uber Erish. And then we can be like a tag team, like Uber Ultimate. Or yeah. Ultimate Uber. The... <laughs> the two U's. The Uber Ultimates. Ultimate Uber. The two U's? The... Wait. No, it was just U's. It was just the letter. Just the letter. Just the letter, your honor. Oh, Ultimate Steve. Well, Uber Erich. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> How's it going, man? Uh, aside from uh, being freezing up here, it's going well. Good, good. Erich, I got to tell you, I, I have the uh, satisfaction and the stress of a man who just put a new set of shelves in his Star Wars room and has nice. to... And has to uh, now place, you got to fill it up, That's baby. right, place items. Well, it's, it's one of these cube things you know with like four just big shelves because i've got some ships that needed to be placed and and it looked like it would fit so it's all about finding room now in the star wars room we've got a maz Kanata action figure coming soon oh i hope to god so no they announced it today it was oh. on entertainment weekly oh good good they had pictures of it she looks really cool nice good we need it I but need she's it. gonna be part of like a, a pack you can't buy her individually okay i'm fine with that that's fine that's fine Listen, Hasbro's going to fleece you for all they can. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you about that. Don't get me started on Hasbro. But if you want to hear me talk a little bit about Hasbro, you can head over to uh, Bruise and Blasters. I was on with uh, Joey Tavano on Bruise and Blasters. We recorded last night. Not sure when that will be up, but... Uh, Look at you, so smooth with the plug. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, transitioned right into that. Ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't even planned. <laughs> Also, I was uh, recently a guest on Justin Seeley's Star Wars Collector's Galaxy. Uh, that's been a couple of weeks ago, but check it out. I had a great time with him talking the wars and talking collecting the wars. 
So uh, there's some places you can find me. I got one other plug, Eris. You can also find me uh, Tuesday night online on the CW Fan Talk. Uh, we will be, uh, myself and my podcasting partner for life, Derek Russell, along with, uh, Bo and Bell from Pottery.com. We are going to be together for CW Fan Talk. Uh, it's something CW does before the Flash airs on Tuesdays. I, I don't know if they do it with all their shows or what, but, um, but we'll be there and we are, I'll say it here because they won't listen. We are planning to take over. So, uh, check it out. I believe that begins around, let me, let me check the time here to make sure I'm right. I believe it begins around 6 PM Eastern, uh, there on at CW.com, CWFantalk.com, some such like that. So we'll have all the links and everything in the Twitter. Just watch the Twitter feeds for Starkville Labs, Steve Glosson, Goliverse, all those things. And, um, I think it's going to be a good time. We are going to attempt to, uh, <laughs> let me let me get the quote here. Um, let's uh, railroad the heck out of this thing and uh, prove that we're good at what we do and can make what they do actually fun on air. So we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to being a part of that, and it's going to be a good time. I like it, man. Yeah. Going with the mainstream pods. Yeah, yeah. Look well, you, Mr. Big Time, yeah. Mr. Ultimate Steve. Well, See, this is what happens when you change the ultimate state that's right all of a sudden stuff just starts happening i'll tell you this uh you know I, I really believe starkville labs could be the number one flash podcast on the internet if derek and i would record on a regular basis that's all it takes well record yeah. on a regular basis well become the number one flash pod easier easier said than done easier said than done well, I'd like to plug that I'm going to be on Geek Out Loud tonight. Yes, sir. And talking movies. Freaking glad with, to with my brother from another mother. Freaking Steve glad Glosson. to freaking glad to have you. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Freaking glad to have you, Arish. How's the minifig collection going? Uh, minifig collection. It, it it hasn't been added to in a while. Oh like man. Like I'm waiting for like I don't know some of the sets that have come out lately. Haven't uh, haven't rocked my world. So. Right, right. I was in Walmart the other night in Baxley, Georgia, and saw they had that uh, Imperial Shuttle Tidarium mm -hmm. uh, marked down to fifty dollars. Wow! So I had Can't to beat that with no, a stick. Mm -mm, had to snag it. Had to snag it. I'll yeah. tell you what's growing is my uh, my Funko Pops. Yeah, you getting into that, huh? Well, I, I got the Smuggler's Bounty thing going. Nice, nice subscription box. Yeah. So, uh, you know, every couple months I get a, another figure or two out of that, and so uh, I'm running out of room at my desk at work. Yeah. Now, and, Irish, uh, I don't I don't mind saying that you know, and I hope you don't mind me saying you're a big guy like me. I'm a big guy. How did how? What's the t-shirt situation with the Funko Pop? Oh, no, they're a size small for me. Okay, All but right. it's incentive. Yeah, I will fit into it one day, my friend. Yeah, I have several shirts that I feel that way about, yeah. uh, have and have for years. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the shirts are really cool. I, yeah. I wish I could wear it now. Yeah, um, but alas, that's not the now, case. And and the and the smugglers box, it is it is. Star Wars themed Funkos, right? Like, yes, it's it's put out by Funko. Mm -hmm. um, 
you get uh, you get two of their products. They've done two boxes so far. Yeah. The first one was in uh, in November, mm-hmm. and that was uh, first order. So it had a, a chrome-plated Captain Phasma. Yep. Um, and a TIE Pilot. And then you got a T-shirt, and there was a pin and a patch and one or two other things in I think. And then the second one that just came out in January was Resistance, and that had uh, a Chewbacca Funko Pop figure, but it wasn't plastic. It was, It's kind of furry. It's flocked, as they call it. They call yes. it flocked, yeah. There you go. And mm-hmm. then it had a really cool uh, C-3PO coffee mug. Oh, nice. That was pretty neat. And again, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, a T-shirt and another pin and another patch. So. I tell you. It's 25 bucks. Yeah. I've I've been plus the shipping and handling and between the shirt and the two Funko products, mm-hmm. you get your value right there. I've been tempted to uh to pull the trigger on that thing. I just I don't need another addiction One, in my yeah. life. <laughs> I I'm, I'm surrounded right now by stacks and stacks of trading cards because I've gotten totally into that addiction and uh so I've got to uh I, I've got to, I've got to draw the line somewhere if Hasbro did some type of box like that, some type of Star Wars box. I'd be on it in a heartbeat. Well, the key is is that it's the, uh, you know, part of the fun is that you don't know what you're going to get. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, even if it's a figure that exists already, you're getting an exclusive version of the figure. So yes. it's, you know, a, a little bit different from what's out there on the store shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I subscribe to it twice. I get a box for myself and then... A bo- I have a box sent to my youngest nephew, Evan, and he uh, he loves it. He's like all into like mad into Star Wars now, and he loves the Funko figures and stuff. So it uh, he really gets a kick out of it. And you know, when you're seven years old, you get that package in the mail with your name on it. Remember how special that was as yeah. a kid? Yeah, yeah. Listen, would, like make your month. That's so. it makes my month as an adult. Yeah. The problem is, is that uh, with the January box, they they shipped them both to my nephew. Oh man! So I get this, <laughs> you know, and of course the boys just tear open the boxes. So I get this picture from my sister of both the boxes open. I'm like, no, put oh. mine back together. Uber Arish is going to have to go down there and lay the smack down. And then I got to wait weeks until I'm out there. So I I finally picked it up over the weekend. But. Yeah. Speaking speaking of the nephews, if you haven't heard everyone, and I'm speaking now to you, the listener, if you haven't gone back and listened to our um, our marathon episode, it starts with me and James Arnold Taylor. It ends with Pass the Corn with Arish and Kay and Trisha Barr and Ethan. You need to go that listen to that. That was a lot of fun. If if for no other reason than Ethan's all time favorite movie, I just <laughs> jaw droppingly. Amazing. We we watched a little bit of it again over the break. Oh, I so. was I was dying. I, I that kid never ceases to amaze me. Is he is his blog up and running good? It is. He's uh, he hasn't posted anything recently. Well, school will do um, that. He's too. having some technical difficulties. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's he's gonna sort it out. Nice. Well, I was I was tempted to just give him a call real quick tonight to talk, uh, get his thoughts on the Batman, Superman trailer. But I just actually watched that before we went to air. Yeah, I had not I had not seen it. Didn't realize there was a new one out. And um, I think this is the last one. 
that were yeah that it was it was labeled as the final trailer um very batman heavy which i liked i liked the batman stuff like the whole opening of it the first 45 seconds or so yes yeah that's some of the best stuff that i think we've seen so far of the movie well and they do they they're really taking i want to say they're taking a cue from that last from that official um suicide squad trailer that we got where they were doing where they played the queen and there wasn't a recognizable licensed piece of music but you know they went a little rock rock and roll yeah uh, for the trailer you know which is different than anything they've done with these they've they've tried to have that feel of of the classical music the Hans Zimmerish score that sort of thing um and it really kind of added to the action of what's going on uh, and it ends with that shot of Batman blocking Superman's punch and Superman looking like, oh, no, what is going on here? And the music that they use during that blocking the punch has a little bit of the I am Iron it, Man. Yes, it really kind does. Yeah. Like, for a minute, I thought that that was what the song was and that it, it, it's not. But no, you no, know, it's that little dig sort of thing, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I thought it was a good trailer. I thought it was light years ahead of the last one that we saw that had all the Lex Luthor nonsense in it and, uh, and the doomsday nonsense in it. Like, yeah. I, I think that if they would have just come out with this, you know, that, that's, that would have been the way I would have. Yeah. Come. But you know, <clears throat> here's the thing. When you talk about the Lex Luthor nonsense and the doomsday nonsense, that's going to be in the movie. We can't lose sight of that. I know, but I just want to punt Lex Luthor off a bridge. <laughs> it I just hear his voice, and I just want to punt him. It's it's look, it's Jesse Eisenberg doing his best Joker <sighs> or Riddler. I mean, he's he looks like Jim Carrey from Batman Forever. Yeah, you know. Um, so I, it, it'll be interesting, especially when you know that the first image they released of Jesse Eisenberg as um, as Luthor. Yeah, it was the bald head yeah. looking all evil and cool. Yeah. And instead, we've got the, the... We've got Jim Carrey from Batman Forever. Yeah, or... Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to go on that. I understand. I, I understand. I positive about this movie. I did and too. I really, I really love the Batman stuff that opened it up. Like, mm -hmm. if we get a lot of that, I'm going to be really happy. Yeah, well, I mean, it showed that he's kicking butt and taking names. It looked like a scene right out of one of the Arkham games. I don't know if you played those or yeah, not. Yeah, well, I, I haven't, but I've watched Ethan play it yeah. for hours on end. So. It looked a lot, and that's not a criticism at all. I mean, no, it's a good thing. It was a good thing, yeah. It, it, it was really cool. A little over the top, you know. But, but I like the way him and Alfred were working together. Yep. Even you got the feeling that Alfred was actually kind of flying the Batwing like it was a drone. Yeah, well, I mean, his little he, he says, "Oh, why don't I drop you off on the second floor, sir?" Right. Yeah. You so know? so and, I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. It it was really good. My fear is, Eris, because I am a diehard Superman lover. I love everything about Superman, and you know, the the you're gonna hate this the way you hated Star Wars. <laughs> well, no, Man of Steel. I had a lot, I had issues with, but it really came down to the camera work more than anything. Um, and but I just don't. Batman is so cool to everybody. That's the official line of pop culture right now. Is Batman is the coolest, right? And and I feel like you've got to be careful in a storytelling mode not to play too heavy into that. 
you know, that, yeah, Batman is, is smart and he is, you know, smarter than you and he's smarter than me and he's resolved and he's resilient and he's, you know, he's tactically minded and he's going to figure out how to give Superman a run for his money. But at the end of the day, you know, Superman... He's still going to lose. It's Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I really hope that their take on Superman, and I feel like they were getting there in Man of Steel. You know, I mean, it was his first day out as Superman. I didn't have the problem with the destruction of everything that everyone else did. He saved the world for crying out loud. That's what he flew around to the other side of the world to do while Metropolis was under attack. He had to stop that whole world engine thing. And he my, almost- my biggest problem with, with that Superman movie was that he let Kevin Costner die and he didn't have to. Well, yeah. Well, he could have super speeded over, grabbed him and come back and nobody would have noticed. 100% agree with you, Arish. And what a what a jerk move by Pa Kent to say, no, don't come save me. Let me die in this tornado. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I, I was... I still to this day don't like that. But listen, I'm going well, to get I'm going to get the email or the tweet again about how all we ever do <laughs> is say but, bad things about the DC movies. Uh, I'm trying not to. Yes. I'm praying that this is a freaking awesome movie. Yeah, me I too. want to see cuz look, Batman is my guy. Mm-hmm. Like if I had Batman's my favorite superhero. Right. And for all the reasons that you just said, that he is simply a man. He is brilliant. He has trained himself. He figures things out. He's tactical. I love all that. That JLA uh, Tower of Babel uh, story is one of my favorite of all time, where he's figured out the weaknesses of all the JLA members. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they use it against them. I, I just, I love that that's how he thinks. He always sees. No matter how great everything's looking, he's ready for the next day. And that kind of makes sense with sort of what we're starting to understand as the theme of this movie is, you know, when he says it in this in the trailer, where he's like, you know, even like one percent of him could still destroy all of us. Right. Yeah, he says even if we're one percent even if we think just one percent that this guy could be against us, we've got to be a hundred percent against him. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely the Batman mindset, and I feel like we, we, we saw a shot of some kryptonite-esque type stuff in one of those trailers, and I feel like Batman may have gotten into some of that, and yeah. that might have something to do with, with his suit and everything, and of course, Superman not aware of kryptonite at this point. Um, yeah, I think it has potential to be the most amazing thing we've ever seen. It really does. And the more we see of Gail Godot as Wonder Woman, the more I'm digging her. yes. Did you see the, um, I think you did. It, it aired the same night or, or the same week. I was week. texting you during it. The, right. The show that the WB or... The CW yeah, did, yeah. With, CW did with Jeff Johns and Kevin Smith. Yeah, and it showed yeah. and it showed clips from Wonder Woman. Yep. Of her riding the horse. Her on with, horseback. Yeah. With a sword, like yep. charging at World War One like German troops. Yep. Just looked freaking awesome. Yeah, it, I, it, I, it looks like they've cracked the code on that. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I do too. I do too. We, you know, and it'll be good to see DC get through the gate with a good Wonder Woman movie. Um, Can we just take a moment here? I was thinking about this before uh, we came on tonight. Over the next four months, Mm -hmm. we've got Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Then we've got Batman versus Superman. Yep. 
Then we've got Captain America Civil War. Yeah. And then we've got X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. In four months. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of a freaking golden age are we living in right now? (laughs) And I got to tell you. And during all of this, we've got Star Wars on TV Mm -hmm. once a week. We've got DC on TV Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You got... You got your Marvel TV with your Agent Carter, with your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You got the Daredevil. You got the Jessica Jones. What's that? I forgot about those. And we got Daredevil, second season coming in a few weeks. You got Luke Cage on the way down the road with Netflix. You got Iron Fist. You got their old big team up with the Defenders. Is Daredevil coming to Netflix season two coming in a few weeks? Uh, I think it's middle of March or early April. Are you serious? I didn't realize it was that soon. Yep. Wow. By the way, Eric, if my like thirteen, if I went back in time and told my thirteen-year-old self that all this was happening, he'd kick me in the nards. If I went, if I went back in time and told my thirteen-year-old self this, he would say, "Well, at least tell me you're not living in the same town." (laughs) To which I would have to disappoint my thirteen-year-old self. (laughs) But you'd be like. But I'm a gentleman podcaster about town, and he'd be like, "What?" He'd be like, "What's a podcast? What's a podcast?" And I didn't think I could get any fatter, but here I am. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I I I want to shift gears really quickly before we get into the meat of the episode. Uh, I have watched over the past few weeks. I, I sat down and binged watched to an extent the newsroom. Did you? Oh yeah, the Jeff Daniels show. Yes. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that show over? Why? How did it end? Why did they let it end? It it didn't do very well. It it was the reviews were midstream. The ratings, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think the attitude towards it was that, you know, Aaron Sorkin was taking himself a little too seriously. Really? Yeah. It just the. it was just not very well received. Hmm. I don't get me wrong. I I love the show. I'm yeah. with you. I wish that they had continued doing it. Um, I liked all the characters, but there were major flaws to it. His female characters on that show were horrible. Yeah, they just none of them had any of their own agency. They were always like, they were always the idiot in the room, even when they were the smartest person around. Like. You know, Sloan Sloan Sabbath, was that her name? Yeah. Uh, Olivia Munn's character? Yep. Freaking genius. Yeah. But every time she was the moron in the room. I thought Olivia Munn, that, I've not ever seen her, I guess, do anything outside of Attack of the Show. Right. And I thought she was great. Um, She's putting together a nice little acting career for herself. And I am, it makes me look forward to her as Psylocke. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Olivia Munn, the, um, uh, uh, forgive me, uh, that I don't remember the actress's name, but the woman who plays the main producer of the show yeah. and Jeff Daniels kind of ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. ongoing mm-hmm. girlfriend, again, producer of the show, incredibly brilliant, but just constantly doing dumb stuff and having to be like kind of rescued by the men. And I just... 
that was one of the things that just really frustrated me about the show was mm-hmm. all these characters that I really enjoyed and some of the female characters were some of my favorites. Like he just kept pulling the rug out from underneath them. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. I was just I really dug his take on it, it was a really cool way to use actual current events in a fake news setting yeah. and and really to me it was more of his view of here's what's wrong with media in general. Mm-hmm. And and I really dug it and I and I dug Jeff Daniels character in a big bad way. Well, and that might have been part of the reason why the show wasn't so well reviewed because <laughs> very you know, well have been. You are um, you are exactly right. I liked some of the behind the scenes stuff. I liked the uh the report that they did that had false information in it and then yes. the repercussions from it. Yes. yes. I liked the uh I liked the the st- I, I thought Jane Jane Fonda was great in it mm-hmm. and I loved her presence on the show. Yep. Um Marsha Gay Harden was fantastic in it. Um, yeah, I mean, for all its faults, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it was it was something I'd never watched, and I finally took the time to watch it because I'd heard good things, and uh, and and I really liked like I was I was the one person who enjoyed Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Um, I I really wanted to like that. Mm-hmm. You know what my fault with that show was was that when they would do their kind of SNL yeah. stuff on it, it was never funny. Right, right. I loved all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but when you're going to do the sketch comedy, make it funny. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just felt that it, because of that, the show just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and then they ran into some, I think I think the lead actress on the show got pregnant, and so they a lot of what they intended to do with the show... They had to change kind of on the fly mm-hmm. around her, and I think that that wound up uh, affecting the some of what they had planned to do, and and uh, had an effect on the show too. Right. right. Well, I, I I just I brought that up because we've talked about Sorkin a little bit. What with uh, Steve Jobs last Steve year, Steve Jobs, and yeah, yeah, and so uh, having having talked about him, that got me into to want to check out the old news. Have you seen? Uh, have you ever seen Sports Night? No, but I hear I, I hear it's the one Definitely recommend if you know that's easy to binge because it's just half hour episodes, mm-hmm. and I think they only did two seasons. But that's early Sorkin that was really good, particularly if you're a fan of ESPN um, and great cast on that. And then, of course, West Wing, like the right. first few seasons of West Wing. Yeah, um, that show is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Every few years i go back and just marathon that so much good tv in that yeah uh, it's got me wanting to watch the i've never watched the west wing i've always heard you know oh do it yeah please well i will i'll check it out uh, I'll, I'll do all these and he sorkin was only involved in the first few seasons mm-hmm. but you know any show that runs as long as it does it has its ebbs and its flows right um the quality doesn't necessarily drop when when he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, some especially the last season, the presidential uh, race, with, where they had uh, Alan Alda on and Jimmy Smits. Absolutely fantastic TV, especially against the the circus that our election is this year. Like you wish that candidates like that were running. So it's it's fantastic TV. I definitely recommend it. 
I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. So I just want to bring that up before we get into the meat of the show. And also before we get into the meat of the show, uh, I want to thank everyone who's used the Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com to do your shopping at Amazon. When you use those links, uh, it helps the shows out tremendously. And, uh, and you guys have been just a huge, huge help by doing that. And so instead of going straight to Amazon, go to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com. Look to the right side of the page and you'll see an Amazon banner. Click on it. It'll take you right to Amazon. Then do your shopping the way you normally would. And every little bit helps us out. So having said all that, Erish. Is it time? Yeah, man. Pass the corn, brother. Now we need Ultimate Steve and Uber Erich to really do that opening montage for a 70s cop. Yes. <laughs> Next time we see each other, man. We need to have it Next sketched out and ready to go. I'm storyboarding it now. Maybe uh, maybe Disney World in April. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Possibly. We can write it off as a business expense. There then. you go. That's right. That's right. Well, if I go down for the podcast, I'm writing it off as a business expense anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I want to touch on a couple of things real quick before we get into the movies. Uh, we had, of course, the Super Bowl was this... still basking in it. Oh yeah, you were you were glad that Broncos, the... baby. Denver, Colorado Broncos defeated the North Carolina Black Panthers in uh, in football competition, and uh, and of course the Super Bowl. A lot of people underwhelmed by a lot of the commercials this year. The commercials had become for so long a thing that people would tune in for. They became as much an event as the game itself. And in years past, when the games were so lopsided, you know, that was the only thing worth coming out of. Of course, this was a good game uh, between these two teams. But there were a couple of things, and I've not seen uh, much of this because I didn't get to the bowl until about the end, till toward the end of the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got I've got responsibilities on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights that keep me from being able to get right to it when it begins. Um, but I did uh, I did see the Ant Man versus Hulk <laughs> Coke the mini Coke. Yeah, and and I saw some people griping about it whether or not it's actually canon or not. And I'm like, are you really asking if a Coke commercial is canon oh. in the Marvel universe? <laughs> Is this what we have become? Is yes. this the society? Yes, is. is this the geek culture that we are? Because, and then I just want to be like, well, of course it's not canon. Because the last time we saw the Hulk, he was flying off to God knows where on a Quinjet, yep. and he's in hiding. He doesn't have a lab that the Ant Man's going to be able to go in and steal a coat from. So this is like those hosties Twinkie, those Hostess, uh, Hostess cake uh, comics out of that were one page long. They were advertisements for various and sundry Hostess pies, is what it was. And so you'd have your superhero foiling some robbery or something with the hostess pies, and that's what this was. So it was just a live-action version of it, and I thought it was very cool. I thought it was fun. I didn't know it was coming. It was very unexpected. Um, yeah, we got, you know, uh, look, I was out in Pennsylvania watching the game with uh, with the family, with my three nephews. So as soon as 
Ant-Man and the Hulk showed up on the screen like that had all their attention. Right. Yeah. It was uh it was fun and and it was a gr- the the shot it's a of a fun little ad and I thought pretty ingenious. What I want to know is who paid who? Did <laughs> did Marvel pony up to Coke to do the ad or did Coke pony up to Marvel to do the ad? Cuz it, it works for either of them. Yeah. I I feel like I think it was Coke. Yeah, I feel like Coke took. Yeah, I feel like Coke took the double hit on that. You know, not only the not only paying Marvel, but also paying for the airtime, which is huge yeah. in a Super Bowl with a halftime show sponsored by Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Well done, Coke. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I just I thought it was hilarious, and I'm like, this is just like those Hostess pies uh, ads that they used to run that would literally be like eight panels, you know, maybe six panels sometimes in the comic books and and i and i just thought it was such a cool ingenious idea to do that live action i did see the independence day i, I glanced the independence day uh resurgence uh ad that played and um i am i think i'm the one person in the world who's really excited about an independence day sequel i'm totally gonna go see it yeah um Watching the the commercial again tonight, like the one thing I'm excited about is like all the future tech Mm -hmm. in the movie because it's this premise that it's 20 years later and we've taken all the alien technology that was left behind and used that to, it looks like not only build new weapons, but the cities are more futuristic. It's like this tech is just kind of, you know, I don't want to say infected, but it's, I'm losing uh i can't find I'm the right you. word here it, it's they they've used it's the te- permeated throughout like everything that we're doing right. i think that that's kind of cool well they've used the technology <clears throat> to better society mm-hmm. or to or to further society to build society and and that's what we would do we would co-op that technology for show yep. for show, as, show. They, as the young people say <laughs> uh and now Eris, if you'll indulge me for 41 seconds Um, Uh I'm going to watch the Civil War Super Bowl spot. (laughs) Okay, do it. So they are, I mean, they're they're telling you who the teams are. Team Cap, Winter is, Soldier, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and Ant-Man. And Team Iron Man is Black Widow, Black Panther, War Machine, and The Vision. Clearly all the heavy hitters on Team Iron Man. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got the, the distinct advantage in this. I think so, yeah. Outside of Cap and the Winter Soldier. Of course, that that tra- that one trailer with, with Cap and Winter Soldier beating down Iron Man at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just wonder, does he have all the heavy hitters? Um, it looks like, you know, they're teasing a War Machine death or at least a severe injury. He's he's out of it in that one shot. Really cool to see them all lined up against one another. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, and, well, and I like that, you know, 
they're they're hashtag team cap hashtag team iron man right you know the marketing they're doing with it with all the characters names with hashtags in front of it and actually if you use those hashtags they're doing the star wars thing where you get the little uh like emoji icon oh nice to nice. go with them cool well i'm listen i'm down i I've, I've made it very clear that the Civil War concept is not something I was ever into. But, man, I am down to see these heroes on screen, to see them fight, because I think what's going to happen is, just like with Batman v Superman, there's going to end up being a larger threat that causes these guys to have to band back together. Well, we know what that threat is already. Got part one and part two already announced. Well, I'm talking about within the confines of this movie. Oh, uh, I'm thinking that Baron. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that Baron Zemo is going to rear his ugly head. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking we might get our first little peek tease at Spider-Man being in this, but well, didn't happen. I and again, I I think they're taking their cue from The Force Awakens, yeah. and you know, Spider-Man, regardless of what's happened to him cinematically since 2001 or 2002, rather. Spider-Man is the heavy hitter in the Marvel Universe. Yes. He is the Superman of the Marvel Universe. And and so I, regard, I don't know that... I'm not expecting him to be in Civil War that much. And, and so I think by letting us know that he's going to be around, but holding off on actually seeing him, they're doing the Luke Skywalker thing uh, with Spider-Man. Yeah, but, but the difference here is that the difference here is that the folks who listen to who are listening to us right now or listen to us down the road or you know follow the geek oriented stuff on social media or whatever we all know that Spider-Man's going to play a role in this mm-hmm. your average everyday movie going person who is not like as deeply immersed in the pop culture as we are they have no idea Spider-Man's going to be in this. Yeah, but can't... Because he hasn't been in any of these Marvel Universe movies. Right. And the difference between that and the analogy you were making to Star Wars and Luke Skywalker is Luke Skywalker and Star Wars are, like, intertwined. Mm-hmm. They're hand in hand. So everybody, no matter what level of a fan you are, you know that Luke is somehow involved in Star Wars. Right. That's not necessarily the case with this Captain America movie. So the reason why I thought take advantage of the Super Bowl, like the largest worldwide TV audience of the year, and just put like, you know, a little five second thing of like the spider web, like, you know, hitting somebody in the face or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Just to tease that, hey, everybody, you may not like be all hardcore into following rumors and stuff, but Spider-Man might be in this movie. But don't you think that the surprise and the buzz is that much greater when he shows up on screen yeah. and people yeah, aren't this expecting is true. And granted, they're going to get people into the theater for this anyway. Yeah. yeah. You don't need Spider-Man to sell it. But I just, you know, I, I see the Super Bowl as like, you know, give, give him something big. Right. That's what I hope for with all this stuff. Well, I got burned by the Super Bowl a while back, uh, back with Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> We all got burned with that. Indeed. But it was, uh, man, it was so cool. The su- But the Super Bowl spot showed everything cool about the Hulk. I mean, he was swatting missiles away. He was destroying that one tank. And, the, yeah, I mean, it was everything that was good about that movie was shown in the Super Bowl spot. Yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciate movies kind of holding back, especially, you know, 
especially if Spider-Man's only in this movie for a minuscule amount of time, yeah. to to be able to hold hold off on on that reveal in some way, shape, or form. So, well, you know, the interesting thing was was that, you know, I think the the thought going for a while was that Ant Man might only be in the movie for a minuscule amount of time, but right. yet here he is, like prominent as part of Cap's lineup. Yes. So is his role going to be larger in this movie than we thought it was going to be? I hope so. I, I'm telling you, I, I think that they, I think that even Marvel was surprised with how well received Ant Man was. Yeah, I yeah. hope so too. I look forward to seeing him as, you know, mixed into the larger ensemble because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that kind of smart wit of his could be a, a nice breath of fresh air in what looks to be a kind of serious subject matter here. Yeah. Now, um, I was just trying to sit here and think, what's the other Marvel Studios movie coming out this year? And it's Doctor Strange. In Doctor November. Strange, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is just going to be a fun year all the way around, mm-hmm. movie-wise. Um, <clears throat> so we've already got some movies because we are in the middle of February. Um, yeah. So we, we've already got some movies in theaters. Uh, no, the number one movie for the last two weekends... KFP3, baby! Kung Fu Panda 3. Jack Black's Money Train, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, I I saw. I've never seen. I don't think I saw the second one. I saw the first one and really dug it. I really. I really liked the first one. I thought it was funny. I thought they did it well. Um, this one, he actually meets his family. Apparently, is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So Brian Cranston, the voice of his father. Yep. And uh, and J.K. Simmons plays the uh, the villain in this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun I'm, yeah I'm, and he's I'm, like this crazy looking water buffalo kind of uh, creature it looks awesome nice uh yeah i the the trailers are cute and funny to me it's it's something that if i find myself with a group of people that are watching it i'll end up watching it and, and enjoy i it. definitely can't wait to watch this one at home yeah yeah, you know, it's not one that I'm going to see in the theater, but I will definitely watch it at home. I really enjoyed the the previous two. They're funny. They've got great action sequences in them. Um, they cast great voice actors in them. I think the animation is gorgeous and cool. And yeah, you know, there's just there's a lot of uh, cool moments in these movies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, I like I say the first one I dug, and I think it even might have caused me to roll a tear at one point. Um, but I, I just, when I the dumplings were gone, my, <laughs> my tenders, um, <laughs> we, I, I, I'm waiting for Jack Black to, uh, to fire up that sequel to school of rock. Yeah. Um, it's, it just hit Broadway here. Oh, it really? They got, I didn't realize there was yeah, a, a Andrew show. Lloyd Webber wrote the music. For Are it. you serious? That's, yeah. that is awesome. I didn't know that. That's a Broadway show. I'd like to go see, I believe. I love that movie, man. Yeah, so do I. I love that movie. Um, uh, also in theaters right now, the Coen Brothers, Hell Caesar, starring Josh Brolin and George Clooney. And dude, if I had a day where I could just go see several movies, this would definitely be on that list. I I I love the the trailer for this. It makes me laugh. It intrigues me. I think the Coen Brothers are doing. Uh, you know, as far as Hollywood goes, I think they're doing the Lord's work out there as far as just putting out good original movies that are, you know, even even like something like True Grit, which was, you know, a remake of a John Wayne film, was so original and so different uh, that it was 
uh, I just I love the way they shoot their films. I love the stories they tell, and uh, and I'm I can't wait to see this one. They always get great casts, and this yes. one just looks fun. Kind of a you know a, a mystery thriller sort of thing set back in the old Hollywood days. Right. Um, looks fun. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: if you don't already like Josh Brolin, uh, I'll plug another podcast. Listen to him on the Nerdist. He is a delight. It's fantastic. He was he was awesome, and I mean he was talking Goonies. He was uh, he, he was doing um, <clears throat> all um, all kinds of stuff with him, telling stories and and not holding anything back, and it was just so much fun. So you know, uh, and, and there's an actor who has just continuously made smart choices mm-hmm. in, in the latter half of his career. You know, yeah. I think he got. I think at, after Goonies and his his young like heartthrob kind of stage, he got kind of overshadowed as just being James Brolin's son, right? You know, and then he started making smart choices. You know, doing movies like W, where you know it it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, and you know didn't make a ton of box office, but it got a lot of attention. Well, I'll tell you, and then No Country for Old Men, and you know getting involved in the Marvel universe, and just Rolling out one thing after the next, just really smart decisions about the kind of movies that he's he make. he's gone from heartthrob to character actor. Yes, you know and he's done it really well. He's done it super well. You mentioned W. Oliver Stone's W. Uh, regardless of your politics, you need to watch this movie. It is he's fantastic. It man. is it, it's it's this it's this amazing look at this person without making fun. You know because honestly the way that you would expect anyone to go is to completely do a send-up of who this person is and, and parody him and make fun of him. And while there is that a little bit, it's done with all the sincerity. And what and you end up kind of coming away feeling bad for the guy. Well, and on top of it, they put the movie out like right after W kind of had left office when like his his public perception was like at the lowest it could possibly be. And it was kind of like, who wants to go? Who wants to go watch a movie about this guy? Whereas yeah. I think if they had put that out now, the reception to it might be a little bit different. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a courageous thing to do, really, because they were filming it and promoting it even while he was still in office. Yep. So it, it's yeah, it. But Ch- Brolin's performance alone is worth watching in that movie. And you mentioned No Country for Old Men. Oh. His turn in, um, in in the Coen Brothers True Grit was yep. was really good and, and, and he just chameleon like i didn't recognize him someone had to say well that's josh brolin i'm like oh my gosh that is josh brolin um so check him out and and i can't wait to see hell caesar i'm really looking forward to this yeah uh now coming up this week in fact tomorrow and probably right now there's some people watching pre-screenings oh, and that sure. sort of thing um, it's a big weekend big weekend big weekend uh zoolander 2 ladies and gentlemen uh, Zoolander is one of those movies that people love that I have avoided watching, Irish. I kind of, yeah. I, I, I've seen it a few times. There's some funny bits in it, but it's not my favorite Ben Stiller. Yeah. I have, listen, I don't know that I have a favorite Ben Stiller. I, I don't know that I, I get Ben Stiller the way a lot of people seem to with him. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the Meet the Parents stuff. Uh, no, neither am I. But I, I love. There's something about Mary. 
Yeah. Tropic Thunder. Tropic just, Thunder. Tropic, Tropic Thunder is just brilliance yes. across the board. Tropic Thunder is is hilarious, and it is again. I think what it is is it's just different. It's something that's so different from anything else that was going on. Um, when he does these characters like the Zoolander, but he's more of a, a supporting act rather than the main dude. I love his his uh, his character in Dodgeball. Oh, another one. I love Dodgeball. Yes, I love Dodgeball. You can uh, dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> Rip torn. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I'll be rushing to the theater to see Zoolander two, but I'm sure that tonight throngs upon throngs are sitting in for midnight screenings of Zoolander two. Uh, I think it's the number two movie this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Behind How to Be Single. No. Okay. No, I think How to Be Single. Uh, that that's the one that's the forgotten entry this weekend. That is that is the my, that's my girlfriend. Guess. That is my girlfriend made me go watch this with her. Yeah. Well, and if you listen to our our uh, cure marathon podcast, mm-hmm. you know that I'm a sucker for rom coms, um, and this certainly falls into that category. But this is, you know, the rom coms in my mind have taken a bad turn in the last few years, mm-hmm. where it's all about how crude and crass and shocking can you be with the humor? Well, everyone's trying to be Judd Apatow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But Judd Apatow can do it and still have a sweetness to it. Right, right. Um, but a lot of the other ones, they lack that sweetness. And yeah. this just looks like it's like, you know, one Rebel Wilson crude joke after the next. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because Rebel Wilson to me is as funny as mm-hmm. they come. And... And I guess maybe because of her character in the Pitch Perfect movies or whatever, she may be getting. She's starting to play that same character over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, and you gotta. That's um. That's that that's one of those things you got to be careful and, and avoid, you know. Um, if you're not aware of, of the actual movie, they'll probably be number one this week. Then you're not listening to the wrong the right podcast. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool comes out tomorrow. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' return to superhero movies, and this time it looks like he's getting it right. Yeah. Um, well, this is something that he's been pushing for for years and years and years. I, I love. I don't know what show it was. It might have been he was on Conan, I think, and he was asked about leaking that footage a while back, and he's like, we all talked about we need to leak it, but I'm 70% sure it wasn't me that did it. Which which means it was him that did it. He is, Ryan Reynolds is absolutely charming. Mm -hmm. And and I even said that about the Green Lantern movie. You know, I I didn't like it. Uh, I think they went too far with it. I think they tried to be too much what Jeff Johns had been doing with the character rather than just a good origin story introduction to the character. And, um, And I felt like Ryan Reynolds was just the wrong person for that for Hal Jordan, but he was absolutely charming in that movie. Yeah. And, and everything I've seen him in. Um, and I'm glad to see that they are scrapping who he was in the Wolverine or X-Men origins Wolverine to, to do a better version of Wade Wilson, Deadpool. Well, and I like that they went for a hard R with this too. I feel like if there's any superhero character out there that you can do that with, Deadpool is the guy to do it. You know, the the, the comic book was always pushing the boundaries with what he was saying and what he was doing. And I just feel like 
I feel like that's going to be a, a really key edge for this one to, to just separate it from every other superhero movie that's out there. And I think it's going to work really well for the character. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, you know, in the comics, I don't know how, I don't know that he gets really crude in the comics or vulgar. Um, but, no, but, I, but some of the humor, like, you know, there's some like double entendres right, and stuff right. like that. And, you know, right. that, you know what, that even with the comics code authority seal on yep. the cover, like they're still pushing it inside yeah. the pages. And he, I love that Deadpool will break the fourth wall. You know, he's yeah. the, he's the only character that realizes he's in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm hoping, obviously there's some of that because you've seen it in the trailer, yeah. uh, you know, where he's breaking the fourth wall with with the movie with the camera you know looking dead to camera that sort of thing and talking to the audience well and just the marketing campaign for this has been so smart too Mm -hmm. the poster where you know he's just standing there with the gun in front of his crotch and it's like where do they get a load of me yes sort of thing and you know the the photos that he was releasing on his instagrams like you know on the bearskin rug and sitting on the toilet and stuff (laughs) have been really funny they they did a serious like a serious romance angle campaign to this movie because it's opening Valentine's day weekend. They yes, really yeah. pitched it at it as this movie being a, an actual romance. Well, and from the trailer, you get the idea that there's going to be some of that, you know, yeah, that, but that... I love that. They just went all out with it. Right. You know? There's billboard campaigns where it's him and Marina Baccarin. And it looks like it's, you know, like, um, you know, one of those, uh, 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 why can't I think of his name right now? The Notebook. Kind Nicholas of thing. Sparks. Nicholas. Yes, Sparks. like it's a Nicholas Sparks movie. Yeah. Thank you. It. Uh, it. Listen, they really know what they're going for with this character. They've obviously immersed themselves in who he is. You've got X Men showing up in it. Colossus, most notably, uh, in those trailers. So you know it's tying into the larger X Men world uh, that Fox has over there. So. Um, Deadpool never been one of my favorites. But he said that this is not part of the X Men universe. Oh, really? Yeah, he likes the, Ryan Reynolds had said that this is just the Deadpool universe. Nice. You know that this isn't necessary, even though Colossus is in it mm-hmm. and some of the, uh, other characters, that it's not necessarily tying into this new first class inspired universe that's taking place right now. Hmm. And they've already greenlit the second movie. They got, yeah, the, same, I didn't they know got that. the writers working on the second one, and Reynolds is talking a lot about how he wants to incorporate X Force into this. Can you imagine if they brought Cable in for the second movie, dude? Like fanboys would just like lose their minds. Yeah, let me, let me ask you something about Cable. Did he end up being Wolverine? Did he end up being Wolverine? Yeah, wasn't he like old man Wolverine? Basically, did that come out in the comics at some point? I got to find this out. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Cable was You're one of those. About the the post uh, the post Battle World thing or whatever. No, that no, no, did? no. I'm talking about way back in the '90s and everything. Oh, um, I he, don't know. I don't believe so. People, I could be wrong though. People loved him. Like he was, he was everything that kind of turned me off to the X Men because I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, another one. Hold on, I got to find this out. Well, that Let me was, Google that for Did you just put like old music on? Well, I was doing the "Let Me Google That" for you oh, okay. jingle. 
Well, the whole cable thing happened during the the whole speculation market, mm-hmm. like in the right. early nineties. Right. Uh, he was carrying around a baby. Okay. Uh, Nathan Summers. All right. Yeah, he is like Scott Summers' kid. He that's, is the child. That's of right. Scott Summers and um, and, and Gene, Gene Gray. Gray. That's right. I knew he had some connection. And they with... took him to the future to save him. Right. And then he's come back. Right. So who was that baby he was carrying around all the time? There, there was a baby that was, I think that was Hope. Right. That's right. That's right. I think that she was like the first new mutant, like after the whole uh, after, Age of M thing. Right. There House no of M. Mutants. Yeah, House yeah. of M. I think that Hope was the first mutant born after that. Okay. So yeah. he was kind of protecting her. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely like the minute he hit and people glommed onto him, he yeah, was that's on. That's when they were doing all those foils. Oh yeah, I was about to say, and like the poly bagged covers and idiots like myself were out there getting like three issues of them. and yes. stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you, Cable was on as many lenticular and foil covers as almost Wolverine. I'm sure. Yeah. So <laughs> you had. Wolverine leading the charge, and then Cable coming up a close second. Deadpool, though, back to Deadpool is is really interesting because he is he is funny. He's legitimately funny, and anytime he shows up in someone else's comic book, um, it's it's always a laugh. But they did something during the whole Secret Wars thing with Deadpool that they called Deadpool Secret Wars. And and what it is, he literally inserts him Deadpool Secret Wars, and it's literally him inserted into the original Secret Wars from the eighties. Oh, that's awesome! And so, like, he he shows up, and he's like, "I'm a good guy." You know, he's talking to the good guys. He's like, "Guys, I'm a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I should be with you guys, right? I'm I'm supposed to be here." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" And uh, it's just so much. Um, so so it's it's his take. It's his modern take. It's a modern voice. And they're doing everything just like the original story did, but with Deadpool's voice inserted in there, you know, as part of the whole story. And it's 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 pretty funny. It's pretty funny. They stuff. did uh, they did a run a couple of years ago where it was dead. You know, like the the classic illustrated comics like Moby Dick and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mark Twain's books. They would do the the comic book versions mm-hmm. of them. They did a run where he was jumping from one of those into the next each issue. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, but because he has that breaking the fourth wall kind of thing, it allows them to do crazy stuff like yeah. that with yeah. him. So I've... I think he actually debuted in the same issue as Cable and Domino. Like the three of that was at the very end of the run of New Mutants mm-hmm. and... I think it was New Mutants 98 or 99 that was their first issue, and then uh, 100 was the last issue, and then it spun off into X-Force. Well, Erish? Let me Google that for you. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. I, I know X-Force as, um, before the New they were out around the same time as New Mutants. I knew X-Force as the original X-Men, uh, being X Force, while there was a new X Men yes. like being led by Storm yeah. and everything yeah. back in the late eighties or through the eighties and stuff. Um, no, that was X Factor. X, you're right, X Factor. I'm sorry, X-Factor. I'm X-Force getting Force came out of New Mutants. Yes, okay, all right. New Mutants '98 is when Deadpool 
first showed up on the scene. And I'm pretty sure that that's the same issue that Cable first showed up and that Domino first showed up. Well, let's see. And that was the height of, uh, that was like when Rob Liefeld like, was taking off as a superstar artist. Uh, well, Nathan Summers first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 201 in January 1986. But, right, but Cable. But Cable, created by Louise Simonson uh, and Rob Liefeld, uh, first appeared in New Mutants number 87. Okay. Number 87. I stand, <laughs> I stand corrected. Oh, and by the way, he's the son of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor. Oh, uh, okay. That's Jean Grey's clone, everybody. Yeah. He, this is why I stayed away from the X-Books in my life, because by the time I was collecting comics, everything was so convoluted, and it was just so hard to crack the code of those books. I would come in and out of the X-Books. Yeah. Like, you know, they do a big event, and I would come in and read it, and then the event would end, and it would kind of get bogged down and not interesting, and I would leave them or maybe stop reading X-Men or Uncanny and just read X-Factor or something like that. Mm -hmm. I skipped around a lot, but I never stayed consistent with them for years and years and years. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I didn't either. I, I'm, I'm the same way, and, and really a lot of times not even the big events would I get into. Of course, everyone got into Onslaught back in the late yeah. 90s and the heroes reborn stuff but uh that was that was uh, perpetrated by our x-men brethren um so yeah deadpool i'll be going to see this i don't know when i've got such a busy weekend uh i hope to early next week go see it i've had to explain it's a three-day weekend my friend well not for me i've had to explain uh to my disappointed uh friend's son or my friend's son who was very disappointed that uh this is not a movie for five-year-olds so, no, not at all. Yeah, just so, watch the Red Band trailer. That'll get it across. Yeah, he well, my 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 friend knew that, but he had but he needed me to confirm it because <laughs> his son would not believe him. So, <laughs> uh, so moving on into the rest of February, Friday, February nineteenth. Um, I think a long overdue biopic. Uh, I know there was a television made-for-TV movie way back that our family watched and loved about Jesse Owens. Uh, legendary, legendary runner. Um, and uh, he was uh, running in the Olympics uh, back during, man, Hitler's rise to power. Uh, he ran in the, the Olympics that were set in Berlin. And, yeah, in 36. So it's called Race. And uh, it is it is about um, Jesse Owens and his story of doing that. And and let me tell you something, uh, I love biopics when they're done well. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm digging the trailer. Of this it looks really intriguing. Looks really good. Yeah. So, um, one that I'm not uh, familiar with coming out on 19th, Woody Harrelson. That's got me there. Triple uh, Nine. I want to read this. When a group of Russian gangsters blackmail corrupt cops into carrying out difficult heists, the only way to pull it off is fabricate a 999 call, which is police code for Officer Down. When the rookie they set up uh, to take the fall thwarts their plans, all hell breaks loose. <clears throat> Aaron Paul, uh, Gal Gadot, Casey Affleck, Kate Winslet, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I don't know how to say his name, and Woody Harrelson in this movie triple nine well and the interesting thing here is that kate wenslet is the bad guy really yeah 
So she's doing the uh, doing the Russian she accent. She is and like the leader of the gang, or so. it's just implied that she is a villainous character. Okay. Um, I saw the trailer for this. Oh, I want to say like three or four months ago, and I felt like like I had been curb stomped afterwards. <laughs> I was just like, like the violence is over the top. Like it just the it's so intense. I was just like, I don't know what I just saw, but that looks freaking awesome. And this is something I got to check out. And I really haven't seen much of anything on it since then. And so I, I don't know if maybe they're pulling back on this and it's not going to get a very wide release. It might just come and go. But that initial trailer that I saw and even watching it again the other day when I was putting the notes together for you, like it's just got this amazing raw like intensity where, you know, the scene in Avengers 2 where Hulkbuster Iron Man just keeps pounding hulk in the face yes. going go to sleep go to sleep yeah like i felt like i was hulk and i was getting yeah. pounded in the face <laughs> sorry um yeah i it, and fantastic cast oh yeah man like i said the first one top billing woody harrelson hello i'm i'm down for that uh and if you want to see uh gal gadot uh there, here's the place to see wonder woman first right there She's got a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah. There was a new trailer that hit today, a new Kevin Costner doing the Liam Neeson old man action flick. Nice. Uh, that she's in. And, I mean, the cast in this is ridiculous. It's Kevin Costner. It's um, everyone. Um, uh, he was Gordon in the, uh, the, the last Batman movies. Oh, uh, uh, Sirius Black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's in it. Dr. Dr. Uh, Smith from Lost in Space. Yeah. Uh, why can't I think of his name? I, Gary Oldman. Thank, thank you, you, Andy. All right. Um, and there's uh, there's one other old guy in it also who is like a big name. And it's just the cast is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, typical ridiculous action and stuff. But Gail Gadot and that. So she's been busy. Um, it's called Criminal. By the way, criminal, criminal coming to theaters and CBS. <laughs> um, did you hear they're doing a, uh, a NBC is trying to get off the ground a, a Taken series? Oh, no. It's like the prequel to Taken. It's how That's, he got his certain set of skills. They're going to cast like Richard Dean Anderson, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's too young. I mean, he's too old to be what they're wanting to do. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, MacGyver also coming back to TV uh, with MacGyver before he was MacGyver. So he's McBoyver? Yes. Yeah, he's he's learning how to make things with duct tape and paper clips. And Boy Scout badges. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's his life as a Boy Scout learning to do all the things. I mean, they're rebooting everything these days. It's It's kind of getting ridiculous. It really is. One moment, please. I had to turn down the mic to sneeze. Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of getting ridiculous. Uh, you know, I know that it's 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 not. It's like saying you hate cancer to say Hollywood needs to get some original ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of original things that are going on out there and all, but still, it it 
as much as I dig nostalgia and stuff like that, there's some things that just need to be left in the past or left in the medium that they began in and leave it, ag- and leave it alone. Uh, so that is my soapbox for this week. <laughs> Moving on in February, the shortest month of the year, ladies and gentlemen, Friday. But this is a leap year, so we are going to get a February 29. We are. But uh, February 20... Which will, which will give you one last day to see these next two turds. There you go. <laughs> You think so? Uh, Friday, February 26th, Eddie the Eagle. It's a biopic of Eddie the Eagle Edwards, whose participation in the 1988 Winter Olympics marked the first time a Brit had ever competed in the ski jumping event. Taryn Egerton, Hugh Jackman, Christopher Walken, Room Timty, Joe Hartley, and Tim McInerney. Huh. I mean, he... He was the guy in the Winter Olympics who, you know, came in dead last in, like, all the ski jumping events. You know, he got all the attention because he was the first guy from Britain to participate and stuff like that. But he was also the guy that there's now a rule that prohibits athletes like him from partaking in the winter in any of the Olympics. So I'm just like, come on, did this guy really need a movie about him? Well, you got to get, listen, you got to give him something. He got us something already. Well, but even now, you got to give him something to keep that legacy going. We're talking about him right now. That was just something. Eddie the Eagle Edwards. But I tell you, that looks incredible next to this last one on our list. Ladies and gentlemen, every now and again, Hollywood does something that completely astounds, befuddles, and amuses it just makes me sad gods of egypt <laughs> with absolutely no middle no eastern actor no Hitler. the whitest guys around to play gods of egypt brenton thwaites uh, i believe he's jamie lannister in game of thrones jo- no no that's no nicola nicolai coster waldo okay is well who is brenton thwaites i don't know some new white guy okay <laughs> He sure is, Irish. He sure is. Uh, so he's in this thing, along with Gerard Butler, uh, who's well-tanned, um, and uh, Jamie Landish from Game of Thrones, Jeffrey Rush, Chadwick Boseman. Now, Chadwick Boseman, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, is he? Black, Black Panther, Panther? Yeah, yeah, Black Panther, James Brown. So, you know, you, gotta, you, you got your... Your person of color in there. And Rufus Sewell. Sewell? Sewell. 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 A lot of good names. A lot of good actors. Just the wrong roles. Yeah. My Lanta. This is... And it's one of these movies that everything is shot in front of a green screen. So it's all CGI animated. You know, their armor, the big stupid monsters that they're either riding or fighting or just noise and crashing everywhere just looks like a mess rufus sewell the bad guy from a knight's tale yes you have been weighed measured and found wanting and found wanting um i love that movie i love it too i think it's fan they should make more like that i just watched parts of that the other day but that's one of those kryptonite movies yes sir flipping the channel yes i have to stop and watch part of it 
and it just makes me sad that Heath's no longer with us. Indeed, so. agreed. I I don't understand, and I'm just going to say it. Why didn't they just go ahead and do Clash of the Titans three? Well, that's basically what this is. You know, I think that they ran out of stuff to do with Clash of the Titans. So they're and like, let's move like, to Egypt. Let's, where else can we do? What other culture has really cool gods and monsters that we can make into Clash of the Titans three? Oh, let's do Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, who are the widest people we can get? And this could have been really freaking cool. Yeah. Like, you get a great diverse cast. You don't do the cheesy, crappy CGI effects. Like, you take it seriously. What are what are people saying? I wonder what the cast is saying about having been in this movie. Are there anything... Is there anything out there? I haven't seen anything. Their quote, I mean, because it, this is almost like... It's this... Obviously... I mean, there is something about putting a movie in February that, you know, February is kind of that moment. Honestly, out of all the things we've talked about outside of Deadpool, uh, Hell Caesar and Deadpool are the two, you know, that I'm really would want to see out of this month. Um, everything else is just kind of there. And it always seems like that way in February. Like, Not so much anymore, though. February for the last couple of years has proven itself to be able to launch some movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It used to be where January and February used to be where movies went to die. Right. You know, it's like, oh, if it's a steaming pile and it gets, they push it to January and just be done with it. Um, But they're finding that they can, you know, you've had movies like Fifty Shades of Grey and things like that, that over the last few years that have opened in February and done well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, KFP3 is banked about 80, 90 million dollars. So far here in the states, that's nothing to shake a shake your tail at. Not at all, not at all. Um, I will the say the problem is is that a movie like Gods of Egypt, they probably spent like a hundred million dollars making this. Thing. Right, right. Well, and that's and that's the thing. You you get into what looks to be a huge big budget movie, and it's just like, well, no wonder you're scared to do anything new because what you're doing that's even remotely trying to be fresh and new is just not it's just it's mistake after mistake after mistake um i will say this one movie that was released in february some 30 years ago in 1986 uh a little film by one of our favorite filmmakers and i'm i'm going ahead and lumping you in there because i know that we've talked about him before pretty in pink oh pretty in pink released in february of 1986 30 years really? that ago. was released in february yep yeah. Wow. Isn't that something? Um, so great. Such a great movie. So many good lines in that. Yep. Uh, Blaine. His name's Blaine. <laughs> Sounds like a major appliance. Yep. So uh, just thought I'd mention that since we also sometimes look back and there's not much really to look at. We, I love going off on the Marvel comic stuff. Let's go back there, Eris. Uh, <laughs> Let's get back into that. Uh, Some 25 years ago, let's see, what do we got here? Silence of the Lambs was released on Valentine's Day, 1991. Was it really? Yeah. And the interesting thing then was, back then, if you opened that that early in the year, you were generally forgotten about by the time awards season came around. That's right. And Silence was one of those movies that basically swept all the big categories. Best yeah. picture at the Oscars, best director, best actress, best supporting actor. 
I mean, it cleaned up at the Oscars, which just shocked everybody because it had come out basically a year before. Also shocked everyone because a week later, King Ralph came out. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs was, I, again, another movie I just happened to watch a few a few weeks ago. Yeah. It still holds up today. It is so good. Yeah. Uh, 20 years ago in February, um, a couple worth mentioning here that I'm seeing, Black Sheep was released on Groundhog Day in 1996, 20 years ago. It was no Tommy Boy. It was no Tommy Boy. Um, and I listened to uh, Chris Farley's brother's biography of Chris Farley that he wrote. Uh-huh. Um, and, man, you just see that how he got pigeonholed into having to do Black Sheep. Um, he was actually going to do Cable Guy. And, and they couldn't get a... And, and he was under contract to... I guess it was Paramount, I think, um, to do another movie after Tommy Boy, and unless they couldn't get a script in place for him. And so he had X amount of time before that clause ran out, and like Paramount came in on the wire and said, no, you got to do this. And so they snatched Cable Guy away from him. And, of course, Jim Carrey went on to do Cable Guy. but Well, and that was the first $20 million payday, too. Right, right. And that was like the huge news off of that. And so, oh, Billy, <laughs> Stephen, the future is now. Uh, but uh, but it's really sad too because, you know, Farley and Spade both said, "Listen, the key to this movie, if you're going to have us both in here, is having us both on screen at the same time." But and I'd forgotten this until I was listening to the book. You know, they really do for a lot of that movie split those two up. And, um, and, and, you know, they even said on set, you know, like, why are you trying to pull us apart? This is the, you know, you need us together on screen to make this thing work. And, and, and no one was really happy with it behind the scenes, which makes me sad because I did enjoy it and I still do, but it is no Tommy boy. Yeah. Also 20 years ago, uh, from the same class of people, happy Gilmore. Oh, jackass. I love Happy Gilmore. It's so good. Oh. After the Wedding Singer, Happy Gilmore might be my favorite Sandler movie. It's good. I I do like it. I, maybe. Oh, he's, you're gonna pay someday. Listen to what I say. Oh yeah, you're gonna eat some hay. <laughs> he just keeps going on. I love getting the hole. Don't you want to go to your home? You eat pieces of ass for breakfast. <laughs> Oh, so good. Apollo Creed. Yes. In that movie. Tubbs. Yeah. So, 20 years ago, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it's all in the hips. It's oh. all in the hips. <laughs> Just tap it in, Happy. <laughs> Just tap it in. The price is wrong, Bob. Uh, um, let's see. What else we got here? Some 15 years ago. Let's see if anything was in theaters in February 15 years ago. I'm not seeing much so far. Um, no. No. Not really. Well, while you're searching for other anniversary movies, mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend a podcast to okay, you. Okay, yes, please do. 
It is called the Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith. And this guy, he sits down with screenwriters, sometimes directors, but usually screenwriters, and just talks about like whatever their, their most recent movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to the pod he did with Drew Goddard today, and Drew Goddard adapted The Martian for the screen. Yes. Absolutely just blew my mind. Like, just listen. I, I could sit and listen to Drew Goddard talk about writing for hours and hours and hours. And just what he's the way he describes his process for writing and, you know, how he goes about like working in the industry and stuff was fascinating. But also because you and I both loved The Martian. Mm-hmm. I did. I really did. When he's talking about The Martian and some of the creative choices that they made with that movie, things to do, things not to do. Uh, what happened because he was also slated to direct the Martian and then he had to, he had to let it go because he was going to direct the next Spider-Man movie, um, which then got pushed back. But in the time it got pushed back, they had brought Ridley Scott in. So he stayed on as the writer and worked with Ridley Scott on the Martian. Hey, Steve, you're going to love this podcast in particular, this one with Drew Goddard. Um, but he, I also listened to one uh, today that he did with the two writers of uh, Straight Out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Really good, like the stories they told about you know working with Dre and Cube and stuff on developing the movie and everything was really fascinating. It's just he's done. He's got a whole slew of them up there. There's easily thirty or forty with all different writers and filmmakers and stuff all different levels of films, like some small indie ones, other big budget things. And he asks smart questions of them. It's a great podcast. What's it called? One more time. Q and a with Jeff Q and a with Jeff Goldsmith. I will check it out on your recommendation. Also the director's guild, the DGA just launched a new podcast. Really? That is amazing because what it is, is the first one I listened to, was Marty Scorsese interviewing Steven Spielberg about Bridge of Spies. Wow. And that's what they that's the way this pod works is they get one of the directors to interview another director about the movie that they just had come out. That's cool. And so, I mean, if you're listening to cool. us past the corn, chances are you're a big film fan. This is another great podcast. Um and just look for, you know, Directors Guild or DGA and you'll find it. You mentioned The Martian and I did love The Martian, and uh, and and we talked about you know seeing some of these movies from 2015 a little bit late after we did our 2015 list. Uh, I watched Spectre last night. Um, I've not seen it. Maybe this weekend. What did you think? Uh, I liked it. They're obviously trying to return to form in some way with the James Bond stuff, without going too campy. Uh, there's some moments here or there that it's it's very apparent that they're going for the classic James Bond laughs, right? But it it's not too much over the top. It still has some intensity to it. Um, it's a little ham fisted in the way they pull some of the stuff off, but uh, Christoph Waltz, fantastic choice um, for his role, and you know it's it's. We're still in that phase. I mean, you know, as much as Skyfall was the conclusion of the James Bond origin, 
Uh, you know, this is this is the origin of that enmity that's developed between Bond and Spectre. Uh, in the 21st century, you know, how do you do spying? How does the double O program work in the 21st century? Uh, the dude who played um, Moriarty in the Sherlock series from BBC, yes, he's in it as a as some type of political figurehead for Britain. For Britain, is that his character name? Some type of political figurehead? Yeah, they call him C. <laughs> Bond looks at him after he's introduced to him. He's like, "So I'll call you C." He's like, "Well, you don't have to." He's like, "Well, I will." And uh, he didn't and, call him big time. No, he didn't call him big time. Yeah, he's he didn't call him big deal, uh, but uh, deal. you know it was it was good. It's got like a sixty four or sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I want to watch it again. I, I thought Batista's role was great. You know, it's Batista's like a modern day Jaws in this movie, right? And and again, without being too campy or over the top, um. I, I feel like it works in what it's trying to do. I just feel like they're still holding back a little much because I also, in the past couple of weeks, watched Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Did you see that movie? I saw that in the theater. It's so good and so fun. Yeah. You know? Yes. I actually thought that that one went a little crude and over the top with the violence a few times. Right. Well, with the, yeah, as far as the gratuitous violence, but I'm just talking about as far as the gimmicks and the gadgetry and, and yes. that sort of thing. I really dug what they were going for. And, and, and again, we've said it before, Mission Impossible is doing James Bond uh, a little bit better than what James Bond has been doing, even though I love Casino Royale and Skyfall, and I even liked uh, Quantum of Solace, um, which is, I believe, the, which I believe is the correct pronunciation. That sounds like the correct pronunciation. Thank to you. Me. I believe it's Italian. Uh, I mean, Fast and Furious is is outdoing Bond with stuff. Well, and Fast and Furious is just like how much over the top, more over the top can we get? Is it not yeah. like that's that's kind of what they're doing? But so Skyfall is still trying to keep it a little bit level, but starting to throw in these things, you know. Interesting. And um and and so it you know it it's it's got that same tone that they've had since Casino Royale, but starting to lighten up here and there. And uh, and Craig is starting, you know. It's interesting because I go back to the Nerdist again. He was on the Nerdist uh, back in November. And they were talking to him about it, and they're like, so now you've been real vocal about not wanting to do this anymore. He's like, well, you catch anyone on a bad day, and they're going to say stuff like that. You know, he's like, he, he mentioned the uh, the director. He said he said the last three were going to be his last one, you know. And he's yeah. like, so so you never know. And um, and so it's not like he's Sean connery it up and like, I don't want to do this. It was just like, it was a bad day, and it was a rough shoot, and yeah, <laughs> There are times where I feel like I'd rather kill myself than do this again. But, you know, you never know. So just knowing that he had not lost affinity for the character or the franchise makes it a lot more easy to watch at this point. So right. I, I enjoyed it, you know, but I'm an easy... I, I enjoy things pretty easily. I'm not too much... I'm not too hard on things. If I have a problem with something, it's, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things that's pretty glaring. So... Well, it's on my list. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Um, speaking of easy, I uh, I did catch uh, straight out of Compton. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Now, I mean, there's a whole controversy with the Oscars and stuff about the the lack of diversity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the movies that got brought up a lot. 
I thought that the actor who played Eze was fantastic. Um, I definitely felt like his arc of the movie because the movie really it, it's the three separate arcs that kind of come together. So it's Eze, it's Cube, and it's Doctor Dre. Um, he, the Eze arc was the most compelling to me, um, and he was great. But you know, the picture, as much as I liked it. Is it a best picture of the year? I don't think so. You know, it's good. It's definitely worth seeing. It's entertaining. But I just think it's a notch under, you know, that quality that you look for in a best picture of the right, year. Right. Well, I mean, it was it was a big moment, you know, in pop culture mm -hmm. when it came out. And all the different memes, you know, that were... Well, and it goes all the way through. I mean, there's, there's you know... Uh, Tupac is in it. Snoop Dogg is in it. Suge Knight is in it. Like, there's all these other, you know, uh, characters that come in and out of it. Like, it's just, it was really fascinating to watch. I dug it. All, all names with which I'm familiar and rock out to all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, we also talked, we also talked a couple months ago about uh, this Kurt Russell Western called Bone Tomahawk. Yes. I've seen that. I've heard good things. I really dug it. If you're looking for like a horror kind of thing, mm -hmm. it's not your movie. Oh, good. Uh, even though it's about, you know, cannibal Indians, there is one scene that's pretty disgusting to watch. But overall, it's just a fantastic Western. And Kurt Russell is great in it, but he gets, he gets, uh, outperformed by uh, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, and Richard Jenkins. The, it's basically they make up the quartet that's, uh, that's going on this little adventure. And those three guys are just, they just blew me away. In particular, Richard Jenkins is phenomenal in this. I want to see it. I saw, where did I see this thing? I, um, <clears throat> I, I might have seen it on the shelf somewhere and almost picked it up. It's yeah, it's you can find it, you know, go to your Walmart or Target. It's yeah. in the DVD shelves. I got it, you know, DVD in the mail through Netflix. I'm sure that it's now on some of the, you know, you might be able to get it on demand through cable or your satellite or uh, through iTunes. I'm sure you can get it. Um, it's pretty readily available, I think. Um, it's, it's definitely, especially if you like Westerns, it's worth checking out. Um, I I don't really like Western. I mean, I do, but I I'm not a I, I love Western. I'm not a Western aficionado. I had someone email in that gave me a list of things I need to watch, and and uh, High Noon was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there, but they were like, you need to start with High Noon. Yes. And I was like, okay. Um, can't, can't go wrong with Wyatt Earp. Did, have we talked about Ninja Turtles before? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we may have mentioned it here or there. Ninja you want Turtles. To talk about the second movie. Yeah, they're they're slightly out of my wheelhouse. The whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles phenomenon just just missed me. I was yeah. I, I was a little old to add a new fandom when when they hit big. I have some familiarity with it. Yeah, as but, do I. I never had any of the toys. Didn't read the comics. Didn't watch the cartoon. Right. But my nephews did. I collected the cards. Um, because they were, I, I, I haven't you collected? Oh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're right. At, they're right up there with my Gremlins two card set, um, <laughs> and that's not a joke. Uh, 
<laughs> but um dude this trailer this this second movie it looks fun it looks like they're just going for it i like that they're just like we're just taking every toy off the shelf and putting it in this movie they've got you know, a van that's shooting uh manhole covers that's the toy yes the garbage truck is the toy. I love that they got the rhino dude and the other guy in it. Like they're just using all the toys. Yeah. And I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I was that's that's what uh that's what really sucked me in is when they showed Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll probably go see this. Um, I saw the first one on cable, like the first of the new Michael Bay produced ones. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was okay. Um, my nephews dug it, yeah. Uh, particularly the younger ones. So I, I don't know. The second one looks fun, and I love uh, Casey Jones. Is that his name? Yeah, Stephen Emil playing Casey Jones. Oh, it's Stephen Emil playing him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Green Arrow himself. Nice. Um, so I may take the uh, I may take the younger ones to see it this summer. Yeah. Inside every business. Oh, what's right happening? What's stop? Stop it! That? Stop it! Right hands. Oh my gosh. What's going on, Steve? A stupid ad popped up on this Are webpage. Are again? No, I didn't mean to be. Anyhow, uh, I, I just I had a couple other little news points to bring up that, I, that I've noticed. Um, James Gunn has been, uh, and cast, have been up in Atlanta doing a little bit of shooting of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, getting ready for that. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I should say. Let's just call it Volume 2. Yeah, but he has said that uh, Thanos and the Infinity Stones will not be in the movie. I think I remember seeing something. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that I think Doc Strange and then Thor Ragnarok are going to be our two setup movies for Infinity War. Yeah, I think, and I think it should be that way. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, yeah, they're calling it Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, huh? If you're not following James Gunn on the Instagrams, I suggest you follow him because he's posting like rehearsal photos and stuff like that. Well, and I and I saw where he posted the uh the chair, the director's chair with the with the logo mm-hmm. stitched on the back. Um <laughs> and he put his caption was to quote the great poet David Coverdale. Here I <laughs> here I go, here I go again. <laughs> Which I hope is a bit of a nod to what may be on. Oh, if that is on volume two, I am going to lose my mind. (laughs) So uh, that's one of the things about that movie that I'm really looking forward to is whatever is on volume two, whatever on that cassette tape. I love that song. It's always been one of my theme songs, one of my many theme songs. Hanging on the promises of a song of yesterday. Uh, so anyhow, before we, uh, before we wrap things up, Eric, I do want to mention the Patreon, patreon.com slash geek out loud. If you want to support the shows directly, you can do so there and be like our featured supporter this week, Mike Jeffremo, Mike Jeffremo. What a name. After a smelting pot accident, Mike was melted with liquid metal that looks like the stuff the T-1000 is made of. Mike can morph into any shape or make his body as hard as steel. Mike Jeffremo. Mike Jeffermo, our featured supporter. Patreon.com slash geekoutloud. That's where you want to go to support the shows directly, and uh, we appreciate your support in in doing that. Eris, um, were you more of a Marvel guy or a DC guy when you were doing the comic book collecting back in the day? Uh, G.I. Joe was my gateway. That's right. I remember Um, that. So that's how I started. Then 
It was, remember when Marvel had like the anniversary and they had like the border around all the covers? I sure do, Irish. That was, that was pretty much when I started reading the Marvel books. So I'd pick up Spider-Man, pick up an X-Men here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, I got into with the death and the family um, story and then just continued reading Batman for years and years and years. Yeah. And with Marvel, it was, it was, I was heavy Spider-Man, especially amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd McFarlane. I, I, I love Todd McFarlane's run on Amazing. Yeah. Um, and big time into uh, Anne Nascenti's run on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Really loved that. Um, and so, like, Amazing and Daredevil were my two big Marvel buys. And then, you know, I'd pick up a Wolverine or an X-Men book here or there really wasn't into cap or any of the avengers right um iron man i I got into um and then on the dc side it was mostly batman yeah um well you mentioned to like like j justice league international yeah yeah i really dug like keith keith giffen on that Mm -hmm. i really i really dug um and you know the lobo stuff things like that right you mentioned the Tower of Babel star, story arc yeah. uh, earlier on in the show. Was that still Grant Morrison? Was he still writing JLA? I think that, that was still Grant, yeah. He brought back the JLA there in the late 90s in a he way did. that that's what got me into DC Comics. I'd been a Marvel guy since I'd started collecting comics at that point almost a decade or maybe more. And, and just would barely look at DC here and there every now and again. And when I saw JLA number one sitting on the stand in my local comic shop and I saw all of those big guns, I was like, I've got to read this. Yeah. And it was the fact that it was the big guns back again, because for years, you know, they, they had Justice League America, they had Justice League International, they had Justice League Europe, and they had the characters all mixed up. And you never had that core team, Batman, Superman, Flash, uh, Green Lantern. Dude, the Super Friends roll call. Yes. You know, and that's what I saw. I saw Super Friends for, at the time, the 90s, and I was just like, I've got to pick this up. And then, of course, it was kind of an Independence Day thing with all the, you know, the it, it ended up being the White Martian storyline, which was just fan-freaking-tastic. Now, and, are you watching Supergirl? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little White bit Martian behind. storyline on Supergirl a couple weeks ago. I'm a little bit behind. Oh, uh, but I, I, I won't say anymore. But it was, I was like, oh my, I can't believe they're doing this. I, I was really, I know that Hank end up, ends up being the Martian Manhunter. Yes. Um, but I, I've also seen pictures of either an upcoming episode or maybe this week's episode where she's got some kind of weird starish thing on her that's got her knocked out. And she's having dreams and visions. And so there's like a young Superman. In one of her dreams. Yeah, I, I'm a week or two behind. I don't but, know if that was this week's or if it's an upcoming one. But the thing is, I, I'm looking at that thing that's on her, and I'm like, are they doing Starro? Yeah, that's what I was I thinking. mean, hello? What in the world? And not to mention, we got a Flash Supergirl crossover coming up. Yep. That's amazing. And they did Bizarro Supergirl, too. Uh, see, we live in an age of miracles. Yeah. Don't ever doubt it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really digging the Supergirl show. It's, it's just a good. lot of fun. It really is good. I just it's one of those I have to to do the season pass thing because I forget and there's no way to watch it on demand otherwise. So Yeah. Um 
But uh, but dude, I we do. We live in an age of miracles. You said it a while ago. You know, just in the next four months alone, the stuff that's coming up and knowing what's coming down the coming down the pipe. And and I've seen. You know, I've started to see things trickle out with different commentators and um, and various voices in geekdom, and even even movie production that sort of thing trying to say that you know the, the superhero movies may be going the way of the dinosaur that you know there's that the bubble is going to bust at some point the way it did with westerns you know it's the same thing that happened with westerns way back and i, I i'm like okay i can see that but they keep putting out really good ones because they keep bringing in good talent to do right. it i mean come on our our one of our favorite movies last year was Creed, and now Ryan Coogler's doing the Black Panther movie. Oh, perfect. Which is awesome. Yes, yes. You know, they're just getting smart. And, like, you know, the Russo brothers doing Captain America, and they're, you know, the Marvel guys were smart. Let's just lock these guys up. Yeah. They're Keep doing, them on it. They're doing Infinity War, too, aren't they? Yes, both yeah. parts, yeah. So I, so I should have said Infinity War also. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, those guys just knocked it out of the park with Winter Soldier, and and because they're a team, you know, Whedon, like I've said it before about Age of Ultron, you could really hear in the interviews during all the press roundup, and you can kind of see it in the movie itself that he was getting really fatigued and worn out with mm-hmm. this process of juggling all these characters. You get these two guys in there, and it seems like they have such a passion and such a uh, such a fervor for this, and uh, that I just can't help but be hopeful about the future yeah. of superhero movies at least for you know the foreseeable future yep so it's an age of miracles guys age of miracles so it's a lot of fun yeah uh erish people can follow you at darth underscore stuff oh. on the twitter right <laughs> yes sir and, and, and on the instagrams uh darth uh, 428 all right and uh you can follow, of course, Geek Out Loud at Geek Out Loud at Steve Glosson. I and, think we need to do a little karaoke here. And at Goliverse. <laughs> well, if there wasn't such a delay, I gladly would, sir. Um, but uh, the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. We've got a few emails to get through, and I'll get on those on the next episode. We're Shoot work- us some emails. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Have you got any cons coming up, Eric? Toy Fair was this past weekend, I think, or this coming up weekend. Uh, we're gearing up for the con season. I don't yet know which cons I'll be going to. All right. Well, and if he, and if you happen to find him in one, make sure you give him a good hearty pass the corn. Uh, hope to see you in, um, in Orlando come June. I hope so, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, email geekoutonline at gmail.com. Also... Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekoutloud, patreon.com slash geekoutloud if you want to support the shows directly, and those Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com help us out in a big, bad way. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. It's been fun. Erish, it's always a blast, man. Yes, it is, my friend. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get together and, uh, and talk some Rebels or some Flash. We need to get you over on Starkville. Yeah. And talk some Flash with us and some I'll, Supergirl. I'll talk Flash and Supergirl and DC comic shows. Sounds good to me, man. We'll have to get you on over there. We'll let you know. All right, everyone. Until next time, for Air Schrenevice, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.